But how many of y'all have ever had a humble pie? Yeah, we have. How does that taste? Yeah, it is a bitter pie, that's for sure. We think that uh, key lime is sour, yeah. That is so very true. We've all heard of a humble pie, and you know, the idiom that is humble pie means this, to face humiliation for an error or wrongdoing, something for which we must apologize, often in some public way. According to the word people etymologist, the word humble pie comes from this word, humble pie. Back in the day, an humble pie was filled with all the innards of an animal, a deer, a cow, or a pig. So you take the kidneys, the spleen, all that kind of stuff. It's like our hot dogs are today, I guess. <laughs> and they just put them, to, put them in a pie. And uh, it was kind of a, really a nasty thing. And the word humble comes from the French word numble, which means a deer's innards. And obviously, humble pie was considered uh, inferior food. You know, like, no kidding, of course it would be. But in medieval times, uh, it was the common meal among the lower class uh, individual. And so to eat a humble pie became to mean that whoever was eating that humble pie was being humbled, was being brought down. And we all, at some point in our life, have had to eat some humble pie. Maybe we haven't eaten it, but we should have eaten it. Because we all have done things for which we need to make an apology. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus serves some humble pie. He is observing while people are going to a banquet. He's watching all of these people try to jockey for the best seat in the house. The one closest to the host. And uh, he observed all of these people pushing and shoving, trying to have the seat of honor at this banquet. And he says, those who exalt themselves will eat humble pie. But those who eat humble pie will be exalted. He says it a little bit different. All who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. We all know someone who fits the first part. For all who exalt themselves, Ted Lasso, we are learning in this series of Ted Lasso, uh, uh, the uh, series on Apple TV, that Ted Lasso fits the second part of that verse. Ted Lasso is a model of modesty, a hero of humility. At his very first press conference with the notoriously feisty British press, he very openly and boldly admits that you could fill two internets with what I don't know about football. So the question that I have to ask myself, and maybe you need to ask yourself, am I humble and am I secure enough to admit my weaknesses? Am I humble enough and am I secure enough to admit that I just don't know everything? There's a guy named Tim Urban who's a, a well-known blogger, and he was quoted by, uh, I think it was Adam Grant in a leadership book. He says, arrogance is ignorance plus conviction. Arrogance is like a rubber shield that we would hold in front of us. And that rubber shield, uh, every time 
uh, new information hits the rubber shield, it just bounces off. That's arrogance, a rubber shield. Air, new information just bounces off of it. But humility, on the other hand, is like a sponge. Humility absorbs and soaks in the new information. Have you ever heard of the Dunning-Kruger effect? Those two guys are they're two social psychologists, and they released some studies back in 1999, <laughs> and they discovered that the dumber you are, the smarter you think you are. And so if anybody ever just brags about how smart they are, they're just really showing and saying how dumb they really are. It's very much like uh, the idea that when we lack competence, we're most likely to be brimming full of confidence. It's very much like the armchair quarterback. Ralph decided to take a break from posting his expert opinions on medicine, science, and foreign policy on social media. He's now, as football season is starting, an armchair quarterback. And we have all run into these know-it-alls who think that they are the experts of everything, that only I can do whatever. And be very careful about those kinds of individuals. Yeah. The smarter we say we are reveals that very likely, especially in that one area, we may not be so smart. Ted Lasso's humility allows him, for example, to seek answers, to seek help from anybody, even his kit man or his equipment manager by the name of Nate. Take a look at this particular scene. I think this is from season one where uh, Ted Lasso gets some uh, instructions, some advice uh, from the least likely uh, one who would know anything, the equipment manager for the team. Take a look. By the name of Nate. Take a look at this particular scene. I think this is from season one where uh, Ted Lasso gets some uh, instructions, some advice. Paul writes this in, Reve in Romans chapter 12, verse 16. I've got two different versions of it. Never be wise in your own eyes. It kind of rhymes, doesn't it? Make a song out of that one. Do not think how smart you are. Oh, if we could just embrace that philosophy. And one of the values that we do embrace at the venues is intellectual humility. You can see the, all the values that we embrace that we've listed on a wall in the lobby. Hopefully, you will see those values lived out in our very lives as a staff. But one of those is intellectual humility. Intellectual humility communicates, we know, I know that I don't know. That's why I never want you to accept what I say without you researching it without you thinking about it because I don't know any more than you know there are so many things I don't know I love the Socratic method Socrates who said the only true wisdom is knowing you know nothing you know humble people realize they they just don't know everything and that there's so much 
even about a topic that they would be considered by the world to be an expert, they recognize that their knowledge, even about that area, is so very limited. And so a humble person doesn't feel the need to defiantly and to passionately defend their position because they ultimately know there's so much they don't know, that there's so much left to learn. That doesn't say that a humble person doesn't have values or doesn't have some convictions, but they just don't have the need to hold on to that conviction without considering others, without listening to others, because they recognize they don't know everything. So a person of humility is willing to listen, willing to take advice, willing to change, and willing to admit when they're wrong, when they've received some new information that says that their old information was incorrect. Listen to this uh, school teacher's story. Every day of my life teaching high school, I was the one who learned from my students. I'm never my best during the first period, so I initially did not do well with late students. One day I got upset with a student who came late. In talking to her, I learned that every morning she had to get all of her siblings up, dressed, and to school because her mother was not able to help. She taught me to be humble, ask questions, and most of all, not assume that students, children, don't care or don't want to be at school. I apologized to her in front of the class and thanked her for reminding me that compassion, communication, and listening are the most important parts of teaching. It changed my view of the people for whom I was responsible. Wow. That teacher expressed all the elements of humility. So how do you all handle criticism when it comes your way? It's tough, isn't it? But coming from a position of humility, I learned how to respond by watching Jesus and Ted Lasso. <laughs> Throughout the show, the English fans are just ruthless in their critique of Ted Lasso, this American coach. They critique his folksy ways, his questionable tactics, and his obvious lack of knowledge about the game of soccer. The critiques are not surprising. What is surprising is his amazing response of grace and patience to those harsh criticisms. In one scene, Ted Lasso is walking down the street, and he's met by a handful of uh, fans who hang out at the local pub, and they just blast him with obscenities. I wanted to show you the clip, but there was no way to bleep out all the F-words. And uh, so after they just bombarded him with the, with the F-bomb again and again, Ted Lasso's response was, I appreciate your opinion and hope we'll have your support in the next game. Gosh. And then I tell myself, 
that's just a TV show. <laughs> We're not really expected to live that way, are we? Humility is open to feedback. A humble person has a willingness to shift perspective in the face of new information. Humility is about curiosities, intentionally, intentionality about learning new perspectives or new ways of doing things. A humble person is a person of gratitude, shows appreciation for people, situation, and, and things in one's life. A humble person is marked by generosity, giving to or supporting others, often from a place of gratitude. A humble person is just so thankful for everything. And so very, out of that gratitude is generous to, to express thanks to people and to organizations. A humble person is not afraid to ask for help, willingness to know what one's weaknesses and uh, need for help might be. A humble person is accountable to mistakes, for the mistakes. They're willing to own when they messed up. A humble person will practice forgiveness toward themselves and for others, understanding that we're all human. People are usually doing the very best that they can. And humble people have the self-awareness to recognize where they went wrong often before they're even called out. And when they are called out, their first instinct is not to be defensive, but to seek to understand what happened and to take accountability for their part. So how do we do that? How do we develop that humble attitude? Well, if we make enough mistakes, maybe we will. Yeah. There are a couple of things I want to leave you with. To be humble, get grounded. Grounded in my humanity. Grounded in the divinity that is within me. My connection to the divine. And then Paul says this. <clears throat> he prays. And that Christ may dwell in your hearts. The word dwell means to be at home with. It's, it's uh, you come into Denise's and my house and you're just feeling at home and so you kick off your shoes and you put a bump on, on our ottoman and you help yourself to a drink. You, you're just at home there. So Paul prays that Christ may just be at home in our hearts and through our faith. Then he says, as you are being rooted and grounded in love, I wonder if a proud person is not rooted and grounded in love. Maybe humility is a fruit that grows out of that root of love. And then Paul writes one of the classic scriptures on humility do nothing from selfish ambition or empty conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. And let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. And then Paul, the rest of that chapter, through verse 11, talks about how Jesus' humility was expressed 
through his death on the cross. Verse 5 was translated by one guy named William Barclay that I like so much. He says, think this very same thing in yourself that you think in Christ Jesus. So, when we're being criticized for whatever uh, triggers us to be defensive and to be protective of our own ego, think about the OWWJD. What would Christ do? What does Christ feel? What is Christ's reaction? What are his thoughts? And think the thoughts of Christ in myself that I think Jesus is thinking. Yeah. How would Jesus respond? What would Jesus do? Verse 8 of that Philippians 2 passage, he humbled himself. And he's described in Matthew 11 and 29 as gentle and humble. The old King James Version that I grew up on translates that word lowly. Yeah. You know, the ancient Greeks and Romans in Jesus' day saw humility as a weakness. It was associated with failure and shame. And really, our, our culture is the same way. Can you imagine some of the candidates for president in this campaign season being described as humble and lowly? Yeah. We don't value that. We are more like the Romans and the Greeks of Jesus' day who saw that as weakness and failure. I'm afraid that we follow that culture more than we follow the culture of Christ. That's why it's so very hard to live according to the values of the kingdom of Christ and this kingdom of this world. Jesus' example of humility turned the common understanding of greatness upside down, both in his day and in our day. So my question is, whose example will we follow? The example of our politicians? The example of Jesus? Let's pray. Nisi, come on up here. See if we have any questions. And let's come on up here. Help me to be humble. Help me to actually look at Jesus and desire and actually follow him. Amen.